Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Mindset Moments with me, MC. In today's episode, I want to share five things that have totally transformed my life and my mindset. They help me to be a better person, to navigate changes and challenges in my life and also have greater compassion for myself when I mess up or it feels like things are going against me. I use them daily in lots of different ways, depending what's happening in my life and what my mind or body needs. So I'm hoping as I go through these five strategies or approaches that you find something that might inspire you or it might be a little reminder to dust off a habit or a tool that you've used in the past. So let's kick off this countdown. Coming in at number five is seeking help from experts. In the past, I probably wouldn't have chatted through my problems or if I did, it would be with friends and family and that seemed sufficient to me. I probably thought it was a bit dramatic to go to therapy or counselling because the Irish mentality in me would have said, oh, you know, toughen up, you're fine, you don't have any real problems, you know, get on with it. However, having worked with lots of experts and seeing the impact it's had on my life, I've become such a big believer in going to talk through your situation with someone. It In this space, you're able to just be you. You can actually talk out what is going through your mind. And there might be things there that you'll share that you would never share with a family member or a friend. And funnily, sometimes I've gone there thinking I needed to talk about a certain area of my life. And then during the sessions, I've realised there's actually something totally different weighing me down. Depending on what's going on in my life, this expert can look different. So I've gone to traditional mainstream counselling, I've worked one-on-one and in group programs with mindset and life coaches. I've also worked with more holistic counselling where my current counsellor uses a variety of Eastern medicine practices alongside conventional, you know, traditional counselling strategies. So they use things like acupuncture and Reiki to really um, lean into that whole mind-body connection. I do think they all have a place. It's just about figuring out what's right for you. It's kind of like untangling a ball of string. Like once you slowly start to unravel it, you'll figure out which one works for you. And if you're unsure of where to start, I would recommend just going and having a chat with your local GP because they'll be able to give you some guidance as to what's available in your area. Now on to number four, the power of writing it down. People will often say to me, I don't have time to journal or I just prefer to think it through in my head. That's how I work it out. But I am telling you now, if you want clarity in your life, putting pen to paper is the most powerful thing you can do. There is lots of research out there that shows the impact of physically writing out your ideas and the cognitive process that's unfolding in your brain when you write. By writing about our fears and worries, we're forced to be vulnerable and unpack how we're actually feeling. Journaling about dreams and ambitions means you actually commit to the ideas and you get clarity about what it is you want to achieve. And that can feel a little bit scary sometimes. I started off journaling in 2017 and it was a really sporadic practice just when I needed to get something out of my head. I actually still have that journal with me. But now I take 10 to 15 minutes most mornings to just dump out what's going on in my mind and also set my intentions for the day ahead. If this is something you're curious about and want to start exploring, a great way is to start off by writing a gratitude list. 
just jotting down five to 10 things that you're grateful for every morning. It doesn't take that long at all. Or if you're feeling overwhelmed, writing down the sentence, I feel whatever the feeling is, because. And writing that sentence out 10 times in 10 different ways. And it's amazing how you start to get some clarity about what, what A, what you're feeling and B, the reasons behind it, simply because you've given your mind the time to sit and write. Coming in at number three is meditation and breath work. These tools have had the biggest impact on my anxiety. I am naturally quite a nervous person and I would have the tendency to worry and overthink, but practicing meditation just helps to calm me down and zen me out a bit. I also find it really powerful when I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by my to-do list or I feel like there's so many things I should be working on or doing and then that ends up that I have an unproductive day or I feel then a bit blah because I'm unproductive. Meditation and breath work is like an instant mood booster for me. Again, this doesn't have to be a big time commitment. It can be simply sitting outside for a few minutes and just breathing slow, deep breaths. A lot of us spend our days rushing around and we actually just breathe from the top part of our lungs in these like shallow little breaths. But when we consciously breathe these deep breaths, we give our body a little bit of respite to actually pump oxygen right around our body and to maximize that lung capacity. So let's try something here now. Wherever you are, let's just take a couple of moments and do some deep breaths together. So maybe you're out walking. You might be doing a night feed or you're sitting in traffic or maybe you're bored at your work desk. Let's just all breathe together. So I want you to just focus on breathing into the nose and out through your mouth and just doing deep, slow breaths. You might even want to put your hand on your stomach or on your belly so that you can actually feel the body rising as you take those breaths. So let's go. In through that nose, big deep breath, and then slowly exhale out through the mouth. Let's do it two more times together. Big deep breath in, and then slowly out through the mouth. And let's just try that again. through the mouth and you might want to keep doing that for another couple of moments because when people say meditation can heal the world this is what we mean imagine if we could just spend a few minutes more every day in this kind of zen space like how good would life be and how much better would we all feel Now, maybe this doesn't come naturally to you and your mind is probably telling you right now, oh, this isn't for me or I might skip this episode. But I can tell you now, if your mind is resisting this little moment of pause, that's usually a sign that your mind actually really needs this rest. Now, at number two is the power of mantras. If you're not familiar with what a mantra is, it's simply a phrase or sentence that connects with you, almost like a motivating slogan. So when we talk about changing our beliefs and stories, it can seem like a real challenging task. 
having a mantra or a sentence that you say to yourself repeatedly is a great way to break that old narrative and get you back into a conscious thought pattern. It can also really help calm the body if it's in a fight or fight or flight response. So let's say, for example, that you doubt yourself in new situations because this definitely was something I've grappled with and every now and again it can crop up again for me. So there you are, a situation's cropped up, you feel the anxious story kicking off in your mind. So the first step is noticing it. So well done doing that. Now, how do we calm the mind and let go of the old story? So this is where we introduce the mantras. So here's some of the favourites that I will go to on any given day. So the first one is, everything is always working out for me. Everything is always working out for me. Or another one I go to is, I'm safe, I'm loved, I got this. I'm safe, I'm loved, I got this. And I will just say these a few times to myself and maybe connecting up my breath to slow that down. And it's been amazing to see how these sentences, they've actually become a habit for me now. I'll find myself automatically repeating them when I feel my body getting a bit stressed. Now here we are at number one and this is probably the best thing I have ever done. So strap yourself in. (laughs) It has just freed up my brain so much. It's improved my sleep, my relationship and my overall mood in general. I feel like I should do a little drum roll but I'm not. (laughs) And it simply is I bought an alarm clock. Yes, it is that simple. It probably deserved the drum roll. I do not allow my phone into my bedroom. I charge it out in the sitting room every night and I really try in the morning to have my first 30 to 40 minutes when I wake up phone free before I'll go and check any notifications or emails. I started doing this nearly two years ago and the first few nights I was having withdrawals. I didn't even think I was that bad with my phone until I went to move it away from my bedside locker. I was like an addict coming off a drug and it really shocked me at the control my phone had over me. Do you know that there's only two industries, as as far as I'm aware, that describe their customers as users? That's social media industry and the illegal drug industry. That tells you everything right there about how these apps and platforms are designed. And the scenario I, I, I come back to a lot is how often have you found yourself waking up early, scrolling on your phone, watching someone work out while you lie in bed, and then you end up getting up way later than you intended and you're kind of chasing yourself for the rest of the day. I don't know if that sounds familiar, but I used to joke that if I did a crunch, just one crunch, every time I'd watch some influencer going to the gym, I would have abs of steel right now. So I challenge all of you to think about moving that phone out of your sleeping space. Even if you can't bear to charge it in another room, finding even a plug that isn't next to your bed. But for that real impact, I would say, I think moving it outside the room has the biggest kind of um, influence because it gives your whole mind and body just a break and you really feel that benefit of being disconnected from the outside world because we're always on like we're always contactable and having a phone free environment for those you know eight nine hours or however many hours it just gives you a chance to connect with your body and just be with your thoughts. I also find this is when I have my most inspired ideas for my work and research because I'm almost taking a step back from that external hustle. 
So if you want to start somewhere with personal development and mindset journey, start here with an alarm clock. I guarantee you, you will notice the impact after just a couple of nights and you can thank me later. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I'm hoping you found some inspiration for some tools you could integrate into your day or maybe it's a reminder to go back to a habit that you might have started before. Maybe you've just dropped off on it. I also want to put a disclaimer in here. I do not have it all worked out or nor am I living some kind of perfect namaste lifestyle all the time. When I started playing around with some of these mindset tools, I used to be really tough on myself if I messed up or if I missed a day or if I had a, you know, a day where I was on my phone an awful lot. And I found that was actually counterproductive because I wasn't, you know, I would give up the habit really quickly because it wasn't perfect. So instead, I've adopted the 80-20 rule where 80% of the time, I'm giving it my best shot to use these tools. And if I have days or that 20%, where, you know, it's less than perfect or, you know, I am not living my my best namaste life, that's okay because good is good enough. We're not here to be perfect. And with that, my friends, I will leave you until next week. Take care. <laughs>